Welcome to Let's Talk MedTech, the premier podcast for the medical device and diagnostics industry. My name is Omar Ford, and I'm the managing editor of MDDI, an online publication owned by Informa that covers everything related to medical devices and diagnostics. We've got a great episode for you today. We're going to be speaking with John Babbitt. He's a life sciences partner at EY. And he's going to be talking about EY's annual M&A Firepower Report. Now, avid listeners of Let's Talk MedTech will see that we've been speaking with EY for quite some time now. This is the third episode that someone from EY has been featured on. We spoke with Jim Welch of EY for episode 26 about the pulse of the MedTech industry. And in episode 30, we spoke with Darren Stark of EY for supply chain issues in both MedTech and Pharma. If you love those two episodes of Let's Talk MedTech, you're really going to enjoy this episode with John. He brings nearly 30 years of experience in the healthcare industry to discuss just the deal activity that we've been seeing recently, just what M&A is in store for us this year. We're going to talk about it all. We're going to talk about special purpose acquisition corporation mergers. We're also going to talk about billion dollar deals on the rise and companies divesting. You know what? You know what? I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't want to give it all away. This is such an important conversation and I can't wait for you to hear it. So without any further ado, let's talk MedTech with EY's John Babbitt. Well, John, welcome to Let's Talk MedTech. I'm so glad that you're here today. It's, it's awesome to have you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I, John, I almost feel like this is a, a trilogy of podcasts that we're doing with EY. We had Jim on earlier to talk about the state of the industry. Uh, we had Darren on to talk about supply chain issues. Now we're discussing the M&A Firepower Report. Fantastic. Yeah, we just released that at the uh, JP Morgan uh, conference a couple weeks ago. So happy to share some of the insights and perspectives coming out of that. Sure. Now, this is going to sound like a, a, a basic question, but just for clarification, when we talk about the atmosphere of deals, uh, we're talking, we're defining deals as M&A, correct, in the report? Yeah, it includes uh, traditional M&A. It, it also includes IPOs and, and, and SPACs as well. And anything that's a, a public company, uh, their uh, ability to really fund and go out and uh, and do mergers and acquisitions. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Glad we have that clarification. So how does MedTech fare when it comes to deploying capital for M&A? Um, what is the report showing us and what are we seeing? Are, are companies being cautious or are some going all in? So what, what we saw over the last year was uh, the total firepower increasing from about 500 billion to over 600 billion, which was yet another record, fueled in large part uh, by a, an increase in, in market capitalization, new companies uh, launching in IPOs, and uh, also uh, the, the ability to still tap into uh, credit markets. What we also saw was that the industry uh, recorded a record level of M&A. So uh, total deal value was uh, about $111 billion uh, through November. 
um, you know, well in excess of uh, any other year and uh, a record uh, year for uh, overall deals in, in 21, both from an IPO and obviously from a, from a SPAC. And then more, more importantly, almost the leading indicator was the amount of venture capital that was uh, deployed. So I think when we looked at it, it was, um, you know, about $34 billion of fresh capital that went into the med tech sector in 2021. So overall, a very robust environment. Um, I think it demonstrates really the, the resiliency of the med tech space, uh, you know, during uh, the pandemic. And then also, hopefully, the opportunity, um, you know, as but as we look to, to 2022 and the capital markets in their current state, obviously, there's a lot of, uh, you know, uncertainty that, that, that lurks out there as well. I think uncertainty is the word of the day. <laughs> you know, um, it's hard to predict uh, anything now with the different variants that are coming out and the different disruptions that we're seeing in the supply chains. It's just very hard. We're seeing interesting earnings reports now uh, from MDDI's uh, end. And it's just it's just interesting to see how up and down they are. You know, good companies, strong companies dealing with some of these issues that have have I won't say thrown them off course, but have just kind of presented some headwinds and challenges. Yeah, and I think, you know, in, in medtech, there, there's a, a real dichotomy. I mean, you certainly have the diagnostic companies uh, that, you know, participate directly in, you know, COVID testing, and they, they're flush with what we're, we're calling COVID cash. And so yeah. you saw companies like Thermo Fisher, you know, really deploy that and go out and acquire uh, new, um, you know, tangential industries like a CRO and in, in the PPD acquisition. You know, Abbott. It's certainly they're reporting today some pretty strong uh, earnings, and so, and and you know, hospital systems in large part have gotten uh, you know better at dealing with uh, COVID. You know, um, the when they experienced the Delta variant, uh, hospitals you know didn't defer uh, procedures as much as they did when you know COVID broke out in March, and even with Omicron. Uh, you know, hospitals are, are are better prepared to to deal with this, and so we we are still seeing some choppiness in some of the more deferrable procedures, such as spine or uh, you know uh, joint replacement uh, procedures. So those companies have have taken you know definitely a little bit more of a hit, but overall it's been a pretty robust uh, em- environment. And as you look at the the M&A uh, environment, I think we've seen a real focus by the large guys to focus on bolt-on acquisitions, and that was part of the driver for uh, the, the large number of deals that we saw in 21. But we also saw several deals, you know, over a billion dollars. And I think, you know, that really, uh, you know, suggests that that there's a uh, an appetite for some of these larger deals to uh to happen and, and an appetite to really accelerate the growth curve uh, kind of coming out of, of COVID as we think about the second half of 22 and hopefully in, into 23. Yeah, I want to talk about the billion dollar deal for a second. Um, you know, I started in the industry, I started reporting in the industry back in 2007. And you did see billion dollar deals in med tech, but they were mostly uh, most of the billion dollar deals that you saw in healthcare were on the pharma side. You, you, you saw them uh, very often. Every once in a while you saw it in med tech. I 
I feel like over the last few years, though, we've seen uh, more billion dollar deals in the space and we're seeing med tech uh, really mature or grow, you know, at an incredible rate. And I want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, do you think that there's still room for for billion dollar deals in med tech? And and what is your take on just the, the size of the deals in, increasing over the years? Yeah, so I, I think one of the, you know, underlying fundamentals that, that we've seen is, you know, private equity has has played a, I think, an increasing role within uh, MedTech. It's a space that they really, uh, you know, like. They've been pretty successful with, you know, taking divested businesses out of uh, larger MedTechs and really reshaping them into, you know, more attractive assets for other uh, parties to uh, take over. So, you know, I, I think, it, and as you look at some of those billion dollar deals, there was the, the GE healthcare deal that, that came from uh, Alteris. There was, uh, you know, some, some other private equity deals as well. And, you know, that's really given a, uh, a bolus of, uh, of activity to kind of fund those companies, uh, you know, give them additional capital to target uh, M&A on their own uh, that that can really reshape those assets and make them much more valuable and appealing to uh, to larger med techs on the back end. What do you make of the number of SPACs that, that happened last year? Um, you know, that was kind of a, a, a new thing. This was a, a real opportunity. I mean, you saw Butterfly Networks get out. We saw a, a, a pretty significant amount of capital that was that was raised and 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 you know there's quite a bit of it that's still on the sidelines and i think the big question really is you know will will those spacs come to fruition and and get uh despacked if you will uh here in in 2022 um so so i think it was an attractive you know capital option I, I do think, and we talked about this uh, in one of our panels at uh, J.P. Morgan, that uh, one one concern is just the volatility um, in the market right now. You know, might steer some of these uh, privately held companies more towards an M&A alternative uh, versus you know ac- ac- acquiring um, you know um, the or, or going public, and so. Sure. I as that strategy kind of unfolds, I think that's something to you know pay attention to here and as we go into 2022. Sure. Let's talk now about um, divestitures. Um, do you think that that will be a theme in 2022? And what happened in 2021 with uh, companies divesting? Smaller assets. Yeah, I, I think we're going to continue to see, you know, a large level of uh, divestiture. Um, certainly, I think one of the themes that, that we're hearing is that the spin is in. Um, you know, Zimmer has announced that they're going to be uh, spinning the, the spine and dental business out. Uh, Beckton Dickinson has announced that they're going to be spinning their uh, diabetes business out. These are going to be, you know, new public entities with their own sources of capital and, uh, you know, their own M&A strategies. So that'll be interesting to watch. But I, I also think, you know, you heard companies uh, like Medtronic at the um, uh, 
JP Morgan conference, I mean, one of the three value creation levers that they're looking at is to be able to um, look at their portfolio in a more disciplined manner and to be able to uh, affect some of those uh, strategic decisions. So I think we'll see more activity on that front for sure as we enter 2022. Yeah, interesting. That's that's very interesting. Medtronic is an interesting company too because uh, what has happened with with Medtronic is they're a very large firm. Uh, they've done extremely well prior to the pandemic, but they're facing a lot of different headwinds now, and you know just don't have that diagnostic component that say an Abbott. Uh, would have, or even uh, Hologic, so it's a little tougher for them. Um, you know, I'm I, I'm spinning my wheels here, but I'm thinking: uh, Do you think that we might see um, larger companies that don't have a diagnostic com- uh, component perhaps go after that? Um, do you think that might be that those companies might be acquisition targets, the smaller diagnostic firms? Yeah, so I think it's an interesting question, and you know, you, you raise a good point that when you have a large company like Medtronic, a lot of their technology kind of gets hidden, you know, underneath the surface because they do have a very uh, compelling diagnostic business on the cardiac side with their uh, with their Link and Link Two as a implantable uh, cardiac diagnostic. And, you know, that plays right in the heart of, uh, I guess, pun intended, (laughs) of uh, some of the, um, you know, uh, remote care uh, and, and, you know, uh, diagnostics that take place in the home. And so as as you think about those businesses, I think there's more opportunity to kind of, you know, uh, leverage some of those capabilities. And even uh, their their pill cam that uh, is a, a potential game changer in you know gastrointestinal diagnostics and using artificial intelligence to actually uh, you know do colonoscopies. It's a potential competitor to you know uh, technologies like uh, like Coligard and, and Exact Sciences. So I, I do think that you'll see those firms continue to build out their diagnostic uh, strategy and more importantly build out strategies of, about how they're going to migrate care to the home setting or non-acute setting, maybe even to the ambulatory surgical center. So you'll you'll continue to see more strategies. M&A will be one of those levers to move their um, uh, the where they serve patients uh, to more where patients want to be served. Sure. We saw some M&A earlier this year or maybe late last year. Um, it's so hard to tell time now during the pandemic. Uh, I feel like 2021 didn't even exist. I felt like 2020 was just one long year. But um, it's, ground, it's Groundhog Day every day, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but uh, we saw some M&A and we saw uh, some companies buying uh outside of their wheelhouse, maybe getting uh, digital companies, companies to get them into digital health and companies to get their technologies to kind of converse and talk with each other, uh, buying smart technology capabilities uh, with this M&A. And it seems that there's a, a digital revolution, a quiet digital revolution going on 
in med tech right now because we have all these great technologies, but they aren't able to speak or talk to, to, to one another. So companies are going out there and buying digital health firms to or, or firms with digital health capabilities to help these uh, technologies, uh, you know, to make them smart, smarter or make them more compatible. But I'm wondering if if that's a trend that we'll see continue. And um, I'm wondering if you know, what is the end goal with this? Are we going to see a more connected um, uh, med tech uh, atmosphere going, ecosphere going into the future? Yeah, that's a great question. And this was one of our topics that we discussed in detail at, at, at the conference as well. The, uh, you know, as med tech takes a look at their M&A and R&D strategies, you know, they have to really, uh, you know, allocate capital to both digital strategies and to the the, the technology or the the device strategy, and we're we're seeing them you know deploy capital in, in both both verticals. But there's there's clearly a desire of of patients for a more holistic solution. And so you know, one example that we highlighted in our our report in the fall was the Persona IQ. Uh, Technology that Zimmer Biomed is deploying, you know, for for joint reconstruction, and um, you know, it's a remote ability to kind of, you know, for the patient to monitor their motion, their activity, uh, the amount of weight bearing, et cetera, all the factors that go into, you know, how that patient's uh, going to, um, you know, experience a better outcome, and you know, the, the, this has multiple, you know, opportunities for medtech to tap into different revenue streams. You have a physician that you know is, is interested in that the getting the data for uh, monitoring the 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 rehab of the patient. You have the patient that is actually you know interested to see if they're making progress on their uh, uh, rehab and, and that they are indeed getting better. And then you have the payer who's really interested in the outcome data. And so you have. You know, multiple uh, subscription models that, that you can envision for uh, for that you know one technology, and you know that's just one example. But you know, we we, we saw Stryker announce a deal at the beginning of the year that was a an, an IT uh, strategy. Certainly, you know, companies like uh, Medtronic went when they you know acquired Neutrino, uh, you know, a real digital strategy. But you, you know, you will continue to see more uh, more interaction with patients on, you know, devices like smartphones, uh, you know, as, as we, you know, uh, you, you know, advance in, in technology. And, you know, uh, the other thing to maybe mention is, you know, the tech is obviously really interested in this space as well. And so as you think about things like digital enabled therapies, um, you know, I think MedTech has a real, you know, decision to make about where they want to play, how they want to play, uh, otherwise, you know, I think it's 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 a real concern that the tech companies will will migrate into some of that, you know, uh, middle ground. So hopefully okay. that 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 uh, helps. Yeah, yeah, and, and I definitely see that happening. You know, med tech uh, has to make its move because if they don't, big big tech will or, or other tech companies will as well, um, or they will do that. Yeah. Now, here's a question that I, I, I wanted to talk about. Um, do you think we'll see any mega mergers this year um, or 
are the days of deals like Medtronic and Covidian, have they passed us? Or are those deals done? Do you think we'll ever see anything on that scale again? And do you think we'll see mega mergers this year? Is the or is the yeah. sphere of the landscape uh, right or fertile for mega mega uh, deals? Yeah. Yeah. So this is always a really interesting topic because the there there are two prevailing th- thoughts you know <laughs> amongst the industry, and that is one that big deals uh, don't work, that they don't generate the uh, the value for shareholders, that uh, you know that they're supposed to, and you know there's some some evidence that you know kind of does does highlight that uh, as, as you look at retrospective uh, analysis but you know i so i so is you know boston scientific and uh, you know someone else going to go out and merge i think i think that's probably a little bit far fetched but <laughs> you know i th- i think if you look a layer down you know there's some interesting you know combinations and you know certainly there were rumors around penumbra and shockwave uh, you know, at the conference and if you if you look at that 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 middle ground you know where it's several billion dollars you know there there are definitely you know economies of scale and there's you know global uh reach that you know do do create the, the level of synergies and the the level of growth quite frankly that is you know very attractive to uh to investors and you know i i, I would just echo that the the level of growth is trumps everything else in in med tech right now so high growth companies you know high single digit even double digit growth is is much more attractive to investors than anything else so putting two companies together that are only growing at you know four or five percent uh doesn't really you know satisfy the the appetite of the street right now it, it, it's really taking a five percent growth company and seeing how, how how can you get that to seven or nine percent growth company that's that's where people are spending time uh, focused on mm-hmm. well finally can you give us some color or speculation on what the rest of 2022 will look like uh, deal wise m a wise and I know that's always tricky <laughs> to kind of speculate, especially in these times. Yeah, it, it it it's always tricky, but you know, I I do think that we'll we'll continue to see a handful of, of billion dollar deals. I think we've already got one and maybe two, if I do my math right. I think the the Medtronic affair deal was just shy of a billion dollars. Um, you know, so a handful of billion dollar plus deals. I, I, I don't think we'll see a, 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 a mega merger, but, you know, I've been proven wrong before. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I do. You heard J&J this week say, you know, they're all about tucking M&A. You heard, you know, Medtronic say the same thing at the conference. Mm-hmm. So, you know, earlier stage technology, it, it, you know, something around that billion dollar mark is, is going to be the, the, the sweet spot for these guys, because those are the deals that, you know, begin to move the needle on revenue. Uh, they're they're very creative from a cost takeout perspective. And, you know, everyone, uh, you know, that we talked to at the conference is pretty bullish about a, uh, a pretty active M&A cycle for 2022. So I, I, I feel that we will be uh, very busy and, uh, and we'll see quite a bit of activity. 2022, the year of M&A and MedTech. Awesome, awesome. Well, 
John, thanks for coming on to Let's Talk MedTech. Really appreciate you coming here. Um, this was an awesome conversation. Fantastic. Really appreciate it and look forward to the next time. Sure. Take care. Bye. Now, wasn't that an amazing conversation with John? Such a wealth of information regarding the medical device industry and the M&A trends. Wow. A lot of things that we can look into as the year progresses. I mean, wow. Who would have ever thought more billion dollar deals coming down the pike, possibly, potentially? Yeah, yeah. Um, companies divesting some of their smaller assets. Wow. Looking at how these facts will turn out. It's going to be exciting to see how the year unfolds. But listen, if you're interested in more content like this, if you're interested in following the medical device and diagnostics industry a bit closer, then I implore you to check us out at MDDIOnline.com. Yes, that's MDDIOnline.com. It's your one-stop shop for information regarding regulatory approvals, financings, M&A, like we just talked about, or even this podcast. And you can all find it at mddionline.com. Well, that's about all the time I have for this episode. But until next time, take care.